afford the bars looking motherfucker. You could have hit him with some coins, man. You hit him with the, the kind you gave of two slugs, whole two. bills. Exactly, man. Wow. You could That's damn great. near buy a, you could damn near buy a crack for that. Respect mm-hmm. to Chico. What the fuck we gonna talk about, y'all? We got it, man. Let's just start when we get started. All right, let's you get recording? started. Yeah, we on. We on. I wish I I wish I had had you 20 seconds earlier. I would have had your whole Chico story. <laughs> Shit is magic. Shit is absolute magic. Bring us in, so, man. Bring us in. All right, man. So. Just Welcome to Just Black Talking. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Black, and I have the privilege of being joined today by two remarkable gentlemen and very close friends of mine, Mr. Mervyn Bourne and Mr. Alan Boomer. Gentlemen, are you there? Yes, we are. Excellent. Thank you for joining us on this episode. So today we're going to get into a few things, but before we do, uh, I think we should go ahead and go around and introduce uh, yourselves to the audience. This is your first time on the podcast, the first of many, as we hope and plan. So I'm going to start with you, Mervyn. Uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. My name is Mervyn Bourne. I am my brother's keeper. I am an attorney, an author, a content creator, uh, a brother, father, husband, friend, uh, longtime friend of Dr. Justin Black, the host of Just Black Talking, and also Alan Boomer, who's on this uh, call with us right now. I've known both of these guys since uh, my earlier days at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, They are some of my best friends, my best friends, actually, and my brothers. And um, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, This this is going to be an amazing night. Uh, We do this uh, on a regular basis, have been doing this for over 20 years, and it's just a pleasure to really get together tonight and do it in a way that the world can hear it. So I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Mervyn. Welcome. Alan Boomer, please. Black, first of all, really glad that you're having me. I'm a big fan of you as a man. Also a big fan of your podcast, Just Black Talking. It, it's an opportunity for folks to hear different perspective on what it is to be black in America. And I think it's important work that you're doing. And I'm just glad that you're having me and, and Merv on the show today. I've known both of y'all brothers for over 20 years. We met at Morgan State. Merv was my roommate for the last two years in school. And Black lived literally, I guess, adjacent, like across the hall from us. And uh, we've been rocking ever since. Um, just Just to tell you a little bit about me, I am a financial advisor. I run a wealth management firm in New York City. I've been working on Wall Street since Morgan, so over over 20 years on Wall Street. And um, yeah, just glad to be here. Welcome, Alan. Thank you both for joining. Um, You know, I've never taken the time to really introduce myself, I think, on an individual basis to the audience. So uh, let me do that for a little bit. I'm I'm Justin Black, and uh, I'm the host here. Uh, I'm a father of three girls. I'm a husband, a son, and a brother. In addition to my biological family, I have brothers like the two that are joining us here today. Uh, Morgan State University is a great unifier, as are many of our HBCUs, our historically black colleges and universities. Um, I do feel like our connection, our group of friends is a bit unique, but that's just my own egocentrism at play. Um, But we have something very special. As Mervyn mentioned, we talk like this all the time, uh, whether it's on text, whether it's in person, um, whether we're spilling drinks or ash and cigars. It doesn't matter. You know, we're going to, we're going to share our thoughts and our ideas. And, and we just felt like it was a good time to share an insight into what these conversations look like, uh, with people uh, who are interested in listening to us. And so, um, thank you both for being here. Uh, Black, let me stop I you, think- man. You're, you're so modest, man. Black, you, you are the funniest and most interesting person I've ever met. You've also got the most random facts in your head out of anybody facts. I know. <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> I have a few. And uh, as, as part of our, our show, you know, we, I say I'm, I'm telling you about things you didn't know you wanted to know about. And on the side, he's a medical doctor. Well, we do that. Uh, you know, grow, yes, growing up in, uh, I'm an anesthesiologist. Um, uh, I try to be a good one. Um, I'm surrounded by some good ones. Uh, black ones. 
even, which is which is really a privilege for me professionally. But um, look, I grew up in Baltimore, and they always said that uh, you know you grow up in Baltimore, you can grow up and and, and be a drug dealer, and and well, here I am. Uh, it's just uh, it's legal. That's all. Uh, so I push dope for a living, and uh, come on, you know, you're a medical doctor. You're an anesthesiologist, man. You're very accomplished. Don't be like that. I'm I'm great. Guys, uh, everyone out there <laughs> listening, uh, I'm great, and uh, you're welcome. No, I, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know how you're supposed there to is. what you do with that. Just but, like that. Okay, all right. So that's it. So anyway, look, um, what are we gonna what are we gonna spit it about today? Uh, we got to talk about I something. We've got this great text thread. Oh God, the text thread. It's a it's a group text. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it gets a little spicy. It's always funny, always insightful, and we've been fighting on there. Okay. Yeah, well, we do that. Um, we have we have people who have designated roles. Okay, there is um, the fighter. Like I fight, right? Like I'm a pick a fight. I'm a argue. I'm a cuss. I'm, I'm going to do those things. And he's going to be the first one to hit arrow status. Yeah, these guys. By the way, arrow status. All right, so so you got the iPhone, right? Uh, okay. Look, if you're one of those green bubble people, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, uh, all right, we have one on our thread that has ruined our thread for years. Okay, it ruins the aesthetic. Oh my god, he, he's horrible. Then he keeps saying, oh, "I'm about to get one, though. I'm about to get, I'm about to get one." Yeah, he's been about to get one for three years. Liddell, I'm looking right at you. Um, so, but when you when you when you have a lot to say in your text. <laughs> or your long winded, or your long winded ass texts on on an iPhone, uh, it'll it'll give a little arrow, and then you tap it, and it just opens up into this oppressive <laughs> diet Magna Carta of of nonsense. So um, I've been the guy that will do that, and and everyone else has these nice little succinct little ideas and stuff, and I do. I think the problem is uh, I type well. You know, I, look, I'm I'm old, man. I took keyboarding back in the day. I know how to type, so I can text type quickly. Justin has been accused of connecting a keyboard <laughs> to his cell phone and pretending like that's his yeah, thumb these doing chumps, all that work. These chumps get busted all the time. They try to use Siri. She messes it up. Oh, it's very yeah. apparent that they're out there trying to speak text and try to get to the arrow status. They, they can't do it. Uh, we had a dude last week tried to use spaces to get to, oh. the, tried to get to the arrow or putting a million spaces in That's his text. But, so anyway, um, I, I, I fight and I do get to arrow uh, text. Mervin, on the other hand, is what, what would you call him, Alan? Besides just contrary, oh, he, he's just liter- never he's literally the devil's yeah. advocate. It's horrific. I don't care what what it is. He's going to come back with a. Well, did you look at it like this, brother? I just speak facts and truth. And then not only will he do that to you, but at the end of it, he'll he'll challenge your blackness for even daring <laughs> to not look at it his way. <laughs> I may or may not have mentioned Jason Whitlock. He called me. He called He called me Jason. What did I call you back? I just happened to point out that Jason Whitlock happens to have the same view. <laughs> I would never call you I forget. as my friend. Did I call him Jason back? Whitlock. I called. That's, I, an, I, that's, that's a huge sauce. insult, by the way, for, for folks. No, I turned know. over three tables that day. Yeah, <laughs> I forget what I called your ass. I'm gonna go back and find it. Doesn't matter. It was perfect, though. But anyway, anyhow. So yeah, we. I mean, this is what we do. I'm sure there's people listening who, who have groups of friends that they. Um, I mean, they're not as dope as we are, but they have groups of friends that uh, that they have these kind of uh, heated debates with. But so you bring up our recent one. Our recent one was actually about Ice Cube and his recent pre-election meeting with Donald Trump and the reaction to it. And it kind of was a throwaway comment, I think, on the thread. And a lot of us immediately kind of threw it away, like, get out of here. Until me. <laughs> this guy comes in. So look, why don't we do this? Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll go through some of the nonsense up and down, back and forth of the dialectic that we had. Uh, boom. You know what a dialectic is? Wait, wait. Doesn't that make you pee? Um, okay. Uh, a dia- yeah, uh, Well, let's see. Oh, no, that's a, that's a, that's a right. diuretic. Let me, just bad. a second for you, Alan. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, you asked for urine. Uh, 
<laughs> I was just squeezing a little bit out through this enlarged prostate. No. Uh, diuretic, dialectic, whatever. Yeah, well, I was filling my glass for anybody who was hearing that. But So dialectic. Dialectic is a, a term that uh, it denotes that we are going to cover a topic from all sides or multiple sides in search of finding the truth. Um, mm. No urine <laughs> required. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a dialectic. So after the break, we're going to come back. We'll talk a little bit about Ice Cube and President Trump. And was this good? Was this bad? Um, in a minute, just black talking. Just Welcome back to Just Black Talking. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Black, joined by Mervyn Bourne and Alan Boomer. And before the break, we left you uh, by recapping Ice Cube, the entertainer, actor, rapper, business mogul, and his recent pre-election meeting with President Trump, where he wanted to talk about his contract for Black America. And what we're doing is we're recapping a, a conversation that we were all having together with a group of friends. And frequently in these conversations, Mervin is... Um, how do you like a flamethrower? I, I don't know, Alan. What do you call this dude? I, he's oh, he's literally the devil's advocate. Yeah, but but he, I don't know if the devil's advocate really loves the devil as much as this cat. Um, so you know, it, it's a funny thing. But the point is, no matter what the consensus is, it's all he's that guy. Aha! You know what? What about this? So you know, I I don't think many of us really had any. We hadn't really put much thought into Ice Cube. It was just kind of like, you know, especially in the back of uh, 50 Cent, it just come out with some ridiculous comments. Lil Wayne was doing that classic Lil Wayne, I'm too high to make sense kind of thing. But here comes Mervyn Bourne, you know, making everybody stop and listen to this. Well, you speak on it, Merv. You tell them the horse shit. That, I mean, uh, you tell them the perspective <laughs> that <laughs> that you that you had that really kind of stopped us all in our tracks and forced a conversation. So I'm always in my defense. Although um, I welcome the characterization, but I'm, I'm always the person that is looking deeper. Um, I'm always the person that if somebody is telling me, look at these facts and look at them in this way, and don't ask any questions. My natural in inclination is to want to know, well, why don't you want me to ask questions? And why is it that you're telling me to look at these facts this way? Um, and why can't I re reason it out for myself and, and draw a conclusion? You know, that's, that's what my brain is for. Um, you know, I'm intelligent and I think everyone has a certain level of intelligence and everybody should be doing that for themselves, you know what I mean. So I, I, I so when this when this took place, and mm -hmm. and um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but my what I saw, I remember seeing a headline or two, Ice Cube with Trump. I really didn't read the articles. Um, I really didn't dig into it. So, what did you feel like you were being told, and what did you feel like you were being told not to think about? Right. So having a political science background, I have a. I guess a keen eye for recognizing media narratives. You said and, bullshit, and and recognizing patterns in the media, <laughs> right? That's and, and, so bullshit. You you see bullshit. Well, well, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Uh -huh. um, but the media definitely operates based on you know news cycles and narratives and talking points. And if you look at different kinds of media, and and, and you know I'm I'm the guy that I will watch. You know Fox News and CNN, and I'll read the newspaper, like the actual newspaper. You know when they were printing them, um, and I'll go online and I'm on Twitter, regular Twitter, and quote unquote Black Twitter and Facebook feeds. And wait, so wait, I'm, wait, some don't tell our listeners about Twitter. <laughs> some, of the, some of them don't know about Black Twitter. Okay, there, there's no such thing really. I just made that up. Totally made it up. And um, so I'm the guy that's looking at all those things and. And seeing the patterns, whereas a lot of folks I know, they're like, I'm not watching that. I'm not reading that. Um, and and I find that it's, it's really easy to get caught up in these bubbles where everybody is saying and thinking exactly what you say, exactly what you think. Um, and, and it's really easy to believe that there is no other perspective out there other than yours. Okay, so you see the headline, Cube, Trump, 
something about black folks. Mm-hmm. What's your gut right away? So I saw a, a bunch of media outlets either telling black people to be angry at Ice Cube because he's a sellout and all the other names that go along with that mm-hmm. or meeting with and speaking to Donald Trump. And then I also see a narrative of unity and collaboration um, between Donald Trump and Ice Cube. And so immediately my thoughts are, well, neither of those is probably actually the truth. Mm-hmm. So what, let me find out exactly what happened and, and what all the, the, the okay. focus is about. Okay. So, so you look at it with that um, infuriating eye that you that you look at most things <laughs> with, where you give. Donald, I call it the I call it the asshole eye. Yeah, yeah. So you look. <laughs> look on. You look, um, and and in some way, you give a benefit of the doubt to both sides of this narrative at that point because you're saying, "Let me find out for myself." Is that is that a fair assessment? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right, but but you're already finding the consensus from mainstream media. Twitter, um, <laughs> regular Twitter is all the stuff that pretty much every other black person who's met with Donald Trump had been met with, calling him all kinds of turncoats, sambos, Benedict Arnolds, um, you know, sellouts, whatever, the, whatever form of that is. Is that right? Yeah, and there was also there's also another segment of called maybe Black America, that that numbers in the millions that were completely supportive and behind what he did and understood why he was doing it. Okay. So, you know, there was that also. So so, so, so what's next? So, because what, what we'll do here, I want you to talk about how you kind of came to how you synthesized it, right? How right. did you process right. this? And then Alan will do the same and then and, and, and myself, and then we'll, we'll kind of go through this really multi-sided perspective right. on the same issue sure so because we all saw a crime yeah but we all thought the guy with the gun was wearing a different color shirt right okay right, right. So, so the way i saw it um is like this we happen to live in a country that has for all intents and purposes a two-party political system you know some countries have multiple parties three four ten fifteen different parties our country has two parties for the most part um, so when people are voting, especially in presidential elections, um, you are um, going to either one of these two parties and and expecting them, hoping for them to fulfill the needs of either you personally or whatever community or faction you represent. My thoughts on the whole Ice Cube controversy are that if you're in a two-party system and you have a platform that you want advanced by whichever party wins, then you have to present your platform to these two parties. Um, if you put yourself in a position where one party knows that you you will not vote for the other party, that you will not even entertain supporting the other party um, at all, then you have essentially given away 100% of your leverage, of the leverage that comes with voting. Um, you know, when people like to say our, our ancestors died so you could vote, um, and I agree that many of our ancestors died so we could vote, but they didn't do that for no reason. They did it because they understood and appreciated the power of leveraging a vote. So I firmly believe that votes shouldn't be given away for free, and because if it is, then what is the point? You've just really, you're just really uh, participating in a fruitless and symbolic exercise. Okay. And I don't think our ancestors died for symbolism. So so you bring up a couple of things. You, you bring up the limited options we have here with a two-party system, right? right? Um, you also bring up, if I'm hearing it correctly, uh, what's become widely talked about, which is that there's a feeling, maybe there's a reality, that there's a vote, particularly in our community, black community, that's a given taken for granted by one of those parties, by the Democratic Party. Is that is that what you're getting at? For sure. Okay. All right. So tell me how that factors into how you're interpreting Ice Cube. Because you're saying, okay, we got we don't have no options. We got two parties. One side already thinks they got it in the bag for us. So So what Ice Cube did was pretty revolutionary in terms of black America. Um, and asked in 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 that he asked 
for something, that he presented a solidified agenda pre-election to a political party. Um, you know, America is really not used to black people asking for slash demanding anything pre-election um, as a community or as a coalition. So it was very bold. It was very different. Um, it caught a lot of people off guard. And, and you know, one of the things that we got into a pretty heated back and forth about all of us is the fact that it caught black America off guard. And, and there was one faction of black Americans that looked at him with the, who do you think you are? I, um, and the other faction that looked at him with the, I understand exactly what you're doing. I, and I think those are two very interesting dynamics that, that shouldn't be overlooked or dismissed. You know, when we have these conversations. So Mervyn says that uh, Ice Cube was revolutionary for, for taking demands before the election to the president. Alan, what say you? Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think that, um, well, here's what I agree with. I agree that this two-party system means that we do need to bring our demands to both sides. We can't just be automatically in the pocket of one party. I agree with that. What I don't agree with is negotiating with Donald Trump. And the reason why is that you're, you're talking about a person who lies, who will literally agree to some stuff just to look good and then turn around and not do it. He's already turned his back on e almost every promise that he made to his base. He promised that we'd get a wall and that Mexico would pay for it. That sounds really good. It didn't happen. Um, he promised that he would undo Obamacare. It sounded good to his base. It didn't happen. How do we think that this man who can't deliver on the major things he promised to his base, which is the majority of his, his, um, you know, his supporters, why do we believe that there's any truth to any sort of negotiation you have with this person? So, look, I'm all for negotiating with the Republicans and the Democrats and putting forth a plan. And, and we we always put forth a plan. Maybe Ice Cube doesn't put forth a plan. Maybe the rappers don't collectively put forth a plan. But you best believe we have folks that are that are pushing for an agenda for black America on a regular basis, it just doesn't get the headlines that a, a celebrity is going to get because that's that, you know, the celebrities today carry a lot of weight. Like think about Donald Trump. He, he himself was a reality TV star. He himself is a master at manipulating the media. He's a master at spinning a story. Right. And so Ice Cube is going to make a lot more headlines than someone else with an even better plan or with a plan at all. So I, I reject that we don't come up with a plan. I also reject this notion that there's anything good that, can, sorry, I reject this notion that there's anything good that can come from a meeting with a president who is a pathological liar. Like you all, at best you're walking away with is some empty promises. So, so a lot of stuff in there. Um, and some of those are things that, that, that really, you know, get me going. Um, and I don't want to derail us where we're at right now, but you, you bring up celebrity. And we seem to be in a time where we have supplanted expertise uh, and competence for celebrity or for being wealthy. Um, and Mervyn, you brought up, uh, you said it was a, a faction that, you know, looked at all, uh, Ice Cube kind of as the who appointed you, you know. And, and in a lot of ways, I did. Wait a minute. A contract with Black America. I'm part of Black America. You ain't asked me shit. And your name is black, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it's one of those things where, as Alan is saying, there are people whose entire careers, their whole uh, adult lives have been uh, dedicated to to political, social battles. And, um, you know, I do remember hearing lots of, well, Ice Cube, where have you been? I think he was asked that uh, in a public forum and his answer was something like, well, I'm an artist. <laughs> I, I've been busy. But so I think what, what we're saying on both sides has some real legitimacy. Mervyn, you seem to be saying, hey, this is this is real balls to come out and try to leverage yourself before an election. OK, and make actual demands like tangible, written, articulable. Wait, oh shit. Did I make up a word? It's a word. Tonight. I think you did. 
I, I think you did, but look, we're gonna roll with it. We're gonna call this. That's what I said. It's articulable. Right, hey, hey, Black, can, can I, I jump in? Can yeah, I can I cut you off monkey. for one second? Yeah, and jump I, your I know words I, I, ass in. I, okay. <laughs> I know I know Merv is gonna come back with with a strong uh, lawyer based response. Oh, you should but, see him. He's like Sonic the Hedgehog. He just got down <laughs> in a little ball. I'm, 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 I'm double dutching right now. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dumb ready. I'm, I'm right outside the two ropes right now. I'm bobbing back and forth. You don't want it. Yeah. Look. I appreciate Ice Cube for caring about black America enough to take pen to paper, to meet with all these different scholars to come up with his plan. I, I think his plan is actually a good one. I don't think it's complete, but I think it's it's, it's certainly a good plan. But here, here's my issue with rappers in 2020 suddenly wanting to represent black people Uh-oh, the across the board. Argument. No, here's the issue. Here's my issue. Kanye Kanye West tweeted that his first time ever voting in his entire life was in 2020 when he voted for himself. So what I'm getting at is that we have folks that have been apathetic, that just haven't been paying attention, and now all of a sudden they got the they got the contract. They got now now we got to start demanding and doing things when they just weren't paying attention. You don't get the right to not pay attention, to not participate in any election, and then in 2020 say I'm the I'm the answer. So so what so what a lot of Americans want you to do is exactly what you're doing right now, brother. Let me tell you what you just did. You just conflated Kanye West with Ice Cube, and that's exactly what people want all of us to do. They now, would, they would love us to do that. Now, granted, let's let's let me bring this up. Uh, you mentioned Donald Trump being a reality TV star. For all the things and all the criticisms I have about that man, the credit that I give him is that he is a master media manipulator. Okay? And everyone with eyes should be able to see that. Ice Cube's also in the media. He was unable to separate himself from 50 Cent, Lil Wayne, Kanye West in the careless way with which he proceeded at the careless time with which he proceeded. Only to a certain audience, though. Black. Well, here's Only what here's what I see. Guarantee. Here's what I see about him. For all the things that his incomplete plan, and I and, and I bring light to the fact that it, it didn't seem to mention very much about black women, which are the backbone of uh, of the black community's economic driving force. But in his in, incomplete plan, for all of the good intent that it had, and I don't doubt that it has good intent and that he means well. It's not as if he's the first voice to this conversation to bring about a black narrative for black agenda, particularly in this year where so much narrative has been very public and embraced by black and non-black alike. So my criticism for him is this. You come in late within a month of the election. Late as hell. Right. You've not really added anything additive to the conversation. Okay. But what you have done is you've given horrific optics because we can sit here and debate well, what he really meant was, but that's what, I, what look, the, half the country doesn't even vote, right? And, and the half that does vote, there's such a large propensity and a large population of low information voters that people aren't going to dive into this. They're going to look at it and they're going to see what they think they see, which are the optics of him standing next to Donald Trump in the backdrop of Wayne and 50 doing the same endorsement. So he couldn't even separate his own message to say, I'm not endorsing this guy. In fact, Eric Trump really took advantage and made an asshole of him by tweeting out, thanks for the support. It shows everything about the media manipulation. And I'm not saying that Ice Cube wanted that manipulation, but he was a damn fool to not see that coming. And that's my criticism. Maybe you had a good idea, but you really fucked up the delivery. Maybe he, but maybe he did see it coming. And see, everything you just said is true and a factual representative of a narrative of part of Black America. There's a completely different part of Black America that sees that for what it is that doesn't see him as um, not seeing it coming because he did see it coming. And it's, it's, it goes with the way that politics works. Um, and part of you know the debate we were having is was my perspective that as a whole we don't understand how politics works. We are a very emotional people, and 
other people count on us to be emotional. And in the way that we analyze politics and the way that we analyze the media that we consume. So, you know, to go back to something you said earlier, uh, why would you sit down and negotiate with someone who is a pathological liar? We cannot, and I say we being Americans, cannot put ourselves in a position where we're only going to speak to politicians who we deem to be honest, or we deem to be principled, or we deem to be respectable. Uh, you know, this this faux litmus test that we want to put into place now only for Trump, at the end of the day, there are still only two parties. We're not voting for who's going to raise our children. We're not voting for, you know, who who is, you know, the most principled man in America. If you take yourself out of the game, then you've taken yourself out of the game. So my, my point in, in summary is this. At no point in time should you not entertain all of the political parties that are out there. Entertain means you gather the information, you take the information back, you assess the information, you assess who the information came from, and you make an intelligent decision. You lose absolutely nothing by gathering the information and making an intelligent decision. So when people are telling you, no, do not gather all the information, no, do not speak to him because he's not principled enough, you vote for this party, period, and hope for the best afterwards, that's not something that I can accept. So two quick things, and we're going to have to, we're going to, have to take another break here in just a moment. So do you think there was a net gain in Ice Cube, just Ice Cube's actions alone at that late hour before the election when voter turnout for our community was such a priority? Absolutely, there was a net gain. If, if, you, if you are looking five yards down the, down the football field, then no, there's no net gain. But if you're looking 100 yards down the football field, absolutely there is. For the first time probably since the 1960s, uh, the, Demo- the Democratic Party is going to have to, and they've already started, if you, if you read between the lines when you listen to everything they've been saying for the past you know, seven to ten days, they have to take a big step back and reassess and reanalyze everything that they thought about the black American vote. But is that because of Ice Cube meeting with Trump, or is that because they've fallen short with their turnout? Uh, well, not their turnout, um, but, but there, there were some numbers that, that didn't meet their expectations in the election for blacks and Latinos and other demographics. I, uh, my right. point, I guess my real question to you is, I didn't see where Ice Cube added anything new to the conversation that was already out there. So would the Democrats have had this same assessment with or without his actions? Absolutely not. The, okay. the whole idea that the Democratic Party does not automatically have 95% of the black vote in the bag, come hell or high water, no matter who they present as the candidates, no matter if you pick a woman a man, a white woman, a black woman, an Indian woman, an old man, a young man, the fact that they can no longer say, regardless of what we do, how we do it, if we advance policy for them, if we don't, if we ignore them, if we don't, we can no longer say we have a guaranteed 95% of their vote is historic. No matter how you feel about Donald Trump, no matter how you feel about what Ice Cube did, the fact that we are now in that position is due largely in part to not just Ice Cube, but people <laughs> like Ice Cube that had I'm sorry that had the audacity to <laughs> that had the audacity to make demands okay. and entertain both parties as opposed to you, you make it. You make an impassioned argument. I feel like there's somebody who <laughs> disagrees. Somebody who choked on their yak. <laughs> so, all right, Alan. No, no, look, no, look. I gotta call. I gotta call bullshit on the man whose job is to call bullshit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Did y'all, Mervin Bourne? Did you watch? Just, just. I need yes or no. You don't understand right now. Mm-hmm. I need a yes or no. Did you watch the Democratic? primaries and the debates associated with the Democratic primaries? Yes. Did these happen before or after Ice Cube's 
contract with Black America? The contract came out in July. So which okay, but, but the, the 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 up until the point when Kamala dropped out, like think about the when, when we had 11 million people running for the Democratic nomination. I don't, I don't nomination. remember. What, what I, I, don't remember was, I don't remember the um, time. I know, exactly. I know the contract dropped in July, and I also know that the term "black agenda" suddenly, out of nowhere, okay. many would say, crept into those debates and discussions. And I can sit here and tell you, they didn't come out of nowhere, and they didn't come from. The Black America, the, they the vote, the vote Democrat. I never said that. Never said they came from Ice Cube, but they came from grassroots movements that started over two years ago of Black Americans who said, Agreed. "You know what? In this 2020 election, we are not taking the position vote Democrat or die just because. Don't ask for anything. We're going to wait and hope after the election." They came from grassroots movements of Black Americans that said, "You know what?" We need to start wising up about how politics actually works and stop leading with emotion and passion and hope and actually get involved in the politics of America so that we can better things for our people. Counsel, you're you're badgering the witness. <laughs> I, I don't know how to object properly. Okay? You, you, you turned the table over. That's what I used to do. I'm sorry. You, you were, I, think, I think you left off somewhere at, at hope no. and change. Oh, no, 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 damn. No, no, How's he going to beat up hope and change? Those, this guy. Put those words in my mouth. Now, here, here's my point. This right? guy hates I, hope and change. <laughs> I love hope. I love no, hold some, on. Sometimes. Hold on, counselor. Okay. Um, bailiff. Who, who's the one that kicks the dude off? What are we, in California? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the brother behind uh, Judge Judy? Where's, you and him? Where's, where's, I don't remember his name. Judge where's Judge Wapner when we need him? Okay. I think he's so, gone. <laughs> I, I watched the Democratic debates when we had Andrew Yang and we had the, the, the woman that writes poetry running for president. Marianne and we Williamson. had – Yeah, yeah And we yeah. had – so I never – in any in the history of of watching politics, I've never seen more discussion around issues that impacted black people, right. specifically black people right. in those debates. Yep. I've never heard more discussions about reparations in a democratic right. or any sort of primary. This had nothing to do with Ice Cube, like you you mentioned it. Don't say like it had nothing been, to do with him. He didn't start this, it, but. Don't say what it had I'm nothing to do with him. He came in at the eleventh hour, bro. Like, like it doesn't matter. That's that's still not a basis to attack him, depending on no, what your I'm goal not, is. This is this is not this is not me attacking. Okay. What I'm saying is you're giving far too much credit to the man that wrote after police. Like he's a good rapper. He's I think he's a leader. I think that he should be applauded for writing a great contract with Black America. I do not think he deserves the credit for instilling this new uh, wokeness of our vote. Alan, I need you to stop the- swallowing your microphone. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm getting upset. Yeah, you, okay, you sound it's like Operation yeah, Deep you, Throat over yeah. here. You sound like a, my, a horrific my, static my point- storm. Here's my point. My point is that in the 2016 election, black people did not show up. That's a fact. Yes. We we sh- we showed up in 2020. One of the reasons why we showed up in 2020 is that during the democratic uh the democratic debates and during this whole entire democratic process, you've never seen more focus on black issues than in this 2020 process. Okay. And and so what the Democratic Party has realized mm-hmm. is that these we don't have these people in our Why pockets. have they realized it is the question. Okay. That's my point. Why? What I'm saying is it's not because of Ice Cube. You're, but, you're no, we don't have this. No, man. no, no, no. Listen, the contract only came out in July. So nobody's that's, saying that's nobody's point. saying it's that, because of Ice Cube. Point. But my but point I, is I, what Ice Cube represents is one half of black America that the other half would love to ignore downplay, minimize, but guess what? You can't do it. And, 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 and after the election, when the Democratic Party is still actually putting things in place for Black Americans, when they're actually still talking about reparations, when they're actually still doing all of these things that people like Ice Cube have been pushing to the forefront, then guess guess who's going to want to take credit for it? The, the naysayers who were looking at Ice Cube and all those like him with the Negro, who do you think you are? Who the hell do you think you are, I? They're going to be, they're going to jump in and take credit 
for the needle being pushed when they didn't push it. What I'm saying, Mervyn, what you're not catching that I'm trying to say is that this needle was pushed before Ice Cube came in. Ice Cube came in at the 11th hour pushed after by Black who? Agendas. Let's say that's true. I'm not disagreeing with you. The contract came out in July of 2020. We're clear on that. But the question is, pushed by who and when did it start? So let's stop. Let's 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 stop pretending that it was pushed by all of Black America because it wasn't. Because there's a half of Black America that was very comfortable, extremely comfortable with the way things have been going, which is the Democratic Party is our party. We vote for them no matter what. They but, like but us better than you. the but Republican Party. But let me stop you. I gotta stop you, mm-hmm. Merv. 2016, black people did not come out to why? vote. Why? I agree with you. The question okay. is why. We got to ask the, why. As political okay. scientists, and, not and, as emotional people. Okay. Because, and I'll tell you this, as a political scientist that I'm I'm just today mm-hmm. becoming one. <laughs> I bestow okay. you. In 2016, th- there was not a focus on a black agenda. There was this assumption that the Democrats automatically had black people in their pocket. They did not attempt to woo us they did not attempt to talk to us and therefore we did not vote and so the democratic party realized we don't have these people in our pockets and so we've got to put black issues on the forefront and black issues were on the forefront and there was a biden harris black agenda how they get on the way- forefront what i'm saying That's is the that question. the democrat they I'm didn't saying, magically it, get it on the forefront because they realized not. it of That's course not. not what the, the question the question was about Ice Cube and what was Ice Cube's contribution and did he help or hurt? My view is that Ice Cube hurt the process. I know you feel like it was helpful. Like I think here's my take on Ice Cube. If he had done this a year earlier, that could be very wildly helpful. He did this so close, like, Black, you talked about the ability to be manipulated in the media and used. He came in at the opportune time to be manipulated and used, and he, he you know, I call it a faux endorsement. He, he never came out and said, hey, I'm, I'm a Trump supporter, but it got spun that way. It, 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 he allowed himself to get outlets, to, yes. he allowed it to be spun that way on the eve of a very important election and it was a, a candidate that ultimately lost and he got a bad it, it was like when the when the settlers bought oh, Manhattan shit. for a bag of trinkets <laughs> like that's it. what he got okay he, he and got so and so let me interrupt let me interrupt here so because we're going to take another quick break i hope yes, that the listeners see what i have to deal with with these clowns uh, <laughs> but look uh my my perspective um I, I i stated it a bit earlier i i don't begrudge and i i'm not going to go down the road of doubting that Ice Cube was out for pure publicity or, or any of that. Look, I'll give the credit, I'll give the benefit of the doubt that he was out with good intentions. I think that it was ham-fisted in its execution. And as evidence, look, Eric Trump didn't thank um, a whole bunch of those black folks that have been helping get the black agenda into the narrative. I think it was just poorly executed and he got outsmarted by a media mogul. Uh, in Donald Trump and the Trump empire. So look, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. <sighs> just Black Talk after this. Welcome back to Just Black Talking. I hope that you've recovered after a bit of a, well, not too heated, uh, you guys missed the, the heated stuff. The heated stuff happens in private. Uh, but we had a pretty, I think, robust dialectic. Uh, no urine involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Ice Cube's contract with Black America and Donald Trump and the late yada, yada, yada. Anyhow, uh, we're going to move on from that because we're getting ready to wrap this episode up. Um, do have a question to the both of you. If 2020 was a drink... An alcoholic drink. What would it be? I think it'd be a a bottle of wine that has been in your cellar or your kitchen cupboard. 
<laughs> open or unopened? Like, what do we? <laughs> or your refrigerator? Yeah. Or or under your bed, wherever you keep your wine that you've been waiting to open because you just know it was going to be that good, and somebody told you that the longer wine lasts, the better it tastes, and the older the year, the better it tastes, and you've been waiting for 2020 to come so you can open that wine, and you open it up, and it just. Masala cooking wine. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you open it up and you pour it. And uh, you take a nice big sip after mm. you swirled it around in your glass. Vinegar. And, uh, measured the legs. And uh, it just tastes absolutely disgusting. Perfect. Because... <laughs> It is it a box? Is it a box date. of wine? Yeah, was it in a box? No, it wasn't. Oh, even oh in a box. so this was you thought it was high class. It was it had all the indications that it was supposed to be a magnificent bottle of wine. Something so on it's very exotic, like Nana Chef. Yeah, this, this is not Ernest and Julio uh, Gallo. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's wine that was supposed to taste phenomenal. It's supposed to be that first date, twenty fifth anniversary bottle. Whichever it tastes one. like the yeah. and it tastes like the cork. Yeah. It tastes so, so like vinegar. Merv goes with sour wine, major letdown, saying that we should have had high high hopes for this year and we were terribly let down. Alan, if twenty twenty was a drink. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. All right. So you guys have been in a nightclub before. No, never. I'm never. married. <laughs> I hate nightclubs. Can't stand a nightclub. Especially the kinds of women. Uh, uh, are those I, the ones with books in them? With- <laughs> think, think back to the nightclubs back in the day when they would have the shot girls that would walk around with these these tubes of yeah. alcohol. Are they glowing in the dark? They're they're glowing, <laughs> right? And and the, the 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 person handing them out is very attractive, but you're very leery about what's in that. In that drink, you probably are gonna go. I've never been attracted to a girl in a nightclub. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the one you married. Other than the one I met and married. (laughs) (laughs) You're initially excited because she's looking mad good coming towards you. You think she's coming to talk to you? She's offering you. you, Yeah, she's offering you this drink. Everything seems good. You're like, yo, what? What's in it? She's like, I don't know. It's a hurricane. You're like, oh my god, what is it? Like, what's in a hurricane? What could go wrong? (laughs) <laughs> and and then you have the worst hangover ever the next day. That's, That's what twenty twenty. That's is. what you got. That, for it's a nasty club drink in a in a tube. <laughs> what time? What time? What time it. did the drink girl leave the next day? Um, you guys have had a better twenty twenty <laughs> than I have because neither one of you bastards caught COVID like I did. Um, twenty twenty is a glass. Of spoiled period. Oh, period. Uh, yeah, menstrual. Let's move on. Um, yeah, that, what? Yeah, suck it down. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You've had a glass of period before? On our next episode. <laughs> no, I mean, it's horrible. I don't know. Look, I like I like drinks too much to, to besmirch uh, <laughs> drinks by compared to 2020. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, what's a terrible drink name? Like, I don't know, like a Harvey Wall banger or something, but actually that's not too bad. It tastes pretty good. Um, 2020 has been utter trash, as I said in the trailer to Just Black Talking. Um, It's just horrible, and we can't get out of it fast enough. You know, my mother told me that that she wants to Zoom Thanksgiving because of something Dr. Fauci said. A lot of people are doing I mean, I, I get it, you know. I, 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 what are we supposed to do? My daughter says she doesn't want to visit during the, the, the winter break for, you know, the holidays, um, you know, when school's out. She don't want to, I mean, what are you supposed to do? So 2020 uh, has been uh, pure and total trash um, and all over the world. I mean, you look, uh, my, my family in, in London, they're rolling back into restrictions. Um, my adopted family over in Paris, they're, they're back on lockdowns again. Um, shout out to uh, Adrian and Christelle. I hope you guys picked up on this one. This one wasn't as quite uh, a Queen's English language forum like some of our other episodes. I hope you were able to keep up and follow along with the conversation. Anyhow. um, But but can I present a counterpoint? A a counterpoint to 2020? In in, in true devil's advocate fashion, as I've been so falsely accused of, of doing from time to time. Out of the ashes arises the people. 
2020, <laughs> not just for me, um, but for all of us here, even for you, Dr. Black, um, as trash it has been for you in, in so many different ways, um, there have been things birthed out of the tragedy of 2020 that I've seen uh, both personally for me, uh, from friends, family, uh, and other parts of the country, other parts of the world that have been uh, remarkable and that would not have been born had it not been for all the tragedy and illness and despair of 2020. Um, whether that is uh, people uh, finally having the courage to fulfill their dreams, finally having the courage to take a, a step that they were afraid to take in 2019, um, that could be starting a business, that could be getting their financial life in order. That could be so many different things. Um, I truly believe that 2021 and 2022, because of how horrible 2020 was in so many different ways, are going to be years of enormous growth, prosperity, spirituality, and an uplift for a lot of people very aspirational, uh, kind of channels a little bit to me what the great Dave Chappelle said this past week, where he says, you know, as black folks, we know how to survive. And uh, we will continue to yeah. do that. Um, and so and on, a, on a rare occasion, I, I must agree with my arch nemesis and <laughs> my, one of my best friends. I <laughs> agree, man. I, I feel like I feel like the future has never been brighter for black people in this country. Thanks to and I think 2020, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> 2020 has laid the groundwork for that. And I think we all need to look at the glass that's half full. We all need to think about today as our time. We mentioned a few things that we're going to be trying to do collectively as black people, including economics and finances. Why don't the two of you tell the listeners where they can find some of your work and where they can, uh, you know, where they can connect with both of you? Alan? You can find me on the web at Momentum-Advisors.com. That's my company website for folks who are interested in a financial consultation. Or you can follow me and my company on Twitter at Momentum Advice. Very good. And uh, Mervyn Bourne, where can people connect with you? You can connect with me at MervinBourne.com or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Mervyn A. Bourne Jr. You can find my book, A Single Mother's Guide to Raising a Son, also on Amazon.com. Wonderful, guys. Thank you so very, very much. Nothing but love always. I want to thank both of you, of course, for joining us uh, here on Just Black Talking. And uh, appreciate you both, obviously. Nothing but love. Look, uh, join me at JustBlackTalking.com, where you can find our previous episodes and other information. We're out of time on this episode. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode. Thank you for tuning in. You can find Just Black Talking, the podcast, with me, your host, Dr. Justin Black, wherever your podcasts are available, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening right now, good place to come back. Subscribe, leave reviews. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Just let's talk Just let's talk Just let's talk